0: All right, let's go hour number two on a Thursday. Masters underway. Longhorn baseball going to have to wait to get underway. Uh, We've got Cam Newton with a strange set of comments, but come on, it's Cam Newton. We appreciate him helping us out today. Plus, uh, NBA last night, Clippers got a big win over the Lakers. Mavs trying to stay alive for that 10 seed. We've hit it all, and coming up, we'll get into some Longhorn discussion um, as we are closing in on the spring game. It is Chad and Zay. I'm Chad Hastings. He is Isaiah Collier coming up in an hour. We've got our album swap discussion. I'm going to tell you what I thought of Riding Dirty from UGK. Zay's going to tell you what he thought of Traveler from Chris Stapleton. That is going to be an interesting discussion both ways. Uh, We've enjoyed those segments. We hope you do as well. Uh, Right now, though, let's go to the Vaquero's Cafe and Cantina hotline. He is a man that may have listened to both of those albums during his time. He's Jeff Howe, Horns247.com, Longhorn Blitz podcast, uh, Light the Tower every weekday here on The Horn. Jeff, how are you?
1: I'll keep thinking about after hearing that Cam Newton sound that I was listening to when you guys were playing while I was pulling away from the building. Day, you know, I'm I'm not going to name any names. We've seen some lifetime Longhorns get to this point where it's like, oh, everybody around you realizes it's over. He doesn't realize yeah. that it's over yet, right. and it, it'll happen at some point. But yeah, he everybody everybody realizes if it's over for Cam Newton. Just he. He's come to that realization on his
0: own. Yeah, I never realized you could do the list of guys you're willing to back up. I don't think I've heard that one before. Out loud. Someone stating mm. it out loud. That's fantastic. Fin- <laughs> that Lord just- have
1: mercy. That's oh. a new one. That's a new one. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. just so it's so bizarre. Um all right, Jeff. It was very
1: it was very Levar it was very LeVar ball of a- yes. yes! Write it down
0: like that. That's a good call. Good call. Before we dig into the Longhorn stuff, I saw this story as we were getting ready to come on for the segment that uh, there's a guy uh, at Alabama. Former five-star guard, Jaden Bradley. He's leaving Bama. He's putting his name into the transfer portal. We're about to have that next opening of the transfer portal. He's been beaten out for the job, but hey, that's a name to keep an eye on. 6'3 guard from New York, leaving Bama. That's one of those names that a lot of teams will be looking at. Um, Jeff, let me start there, because I know Sark kind of ended a presser this week talking about the fluidity of college football, the fact that the portal is going to affect Them, Um, the 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 portal could affect them both ways. That's got to be a wild way to go into your spring game every year now for head coaches.
1: Yeah, and and Sark has been through that from the standpoint of you know, there's been kind of in that late portal window where they've had to kind of re-recruit their own guys, and they've needed some NIL stuff to come through. Uh, So yeah, it's it's just it's it's tough to wrap your head around. You know, I. You know, I'm all for players getting paid, and I, I love the fact that you have NIL. But you know, I, I saw this in reference to uh, Caleb Love, the the North Carolina guard, the other day, uh, where it said, "Hey, he he might be headed to Missouri unless Michigan can put together a really good NIL package." I'm like, man, I, I love it for the players, but it's just if you haven't gotten your head around, man, that's just that's just kind of where we are. But you know, I think for for Sark, I think you almost have to expect the attrition at this point. Because I, I was thinking about this this morning, Chad, and and after hearing some of the guys talking, you know, Jude Barron, Jaron Thompson, uh, Jatavian Sanders, and uh, Jordan Whittington, met you know, at the media this morning. I didn't get a chance to stick around for Jordan Whittington because I had to get back to the station. But, you know, you go back and, and listen to Jaron Thompson talk, and he's talking about, you know, the young guys they've got at safety, and then you hear about the depth at receiver and the depth at the offensive line. And you know, this is probably the deepest, the deepest team in terms of a chance to really have talented depth at as many spots as Texas has had in a long time. And you figure, look, Some of these guys are just going to see the writing on the wall after spring ball. And it's not anything against the program or Sark. It's just some guys are going to realize, man, if I want to play, I got to go somewhere else because I'm not going to beat that guy in front of me. And I may not be able to, even if something happens to that guy, I may not be able to beat the guy I'm competing with for a backup spot. So, yeah, it's just kind of the the gift and the curse of, of having really talented recruiting classes. If you're doing the right job developing them. Uh, but you're just going to have some some potentially really good players leave your program, and I think it says a lot that you know even the guys that Texas lost after the the 22 season after this past season, look you know, how many of those guys went to Power Five schools. mean Andre Carr going to Tennessee, Junior Angilau goes to Oregon. They had a couple guys go to Arizona State. Even uh, you know a guy like Jamil John, uh, you know a, a, a guy like uh, Jamil John, Jamil Johnson, he goes to Indiana. So, you know, a lot of those guys end up at Power 5 schools. You know, Even a guy like D.J. Harris was up at, at USF, uh, you know, at one time was considered a, a pretty high-level G5 school. So you, you have to hope you're in a position Texas is in, Chad, where, uh, you know, you, did, did you get to that point where, like, Georgia is right now or Bama is right now or Ohio State where you know, if you lose a guy, all right, yeah, you it know, sucks to lose that guy, but guess what? we got we got three or four more at that spot that, that we can roll with and feel good about. hmm
2: you know, Jeff, with all that talent that you talk about and, you know, this last press conference with Steve Sarkeesian, I heard you ask him about the personnel packages and Stark went off about, you know, maybe a little 21 or 20, 12, 11, 10, et cetera. And again, with the depth that you see now, the depth at wide receiver, the running back position, even without Roshan and Bijan Robinson and what you just see personnel wise with Quinn yours and how they look as a roster. What? do you what personnel packages do you think that we're gonna see the most of when fall comes around that's gonna benefit this roster where this team could we could see this team at new heights offensively?
1: Yeah, I, I two two jump out to me, Zay, and really three. If you look at three is the kind of there's a catch to it. Um the first one is eleven personnel. You know, you gotta have Jatavio Sanders on the foot. And and you know, I think this goes back to something that we talked about all fall last year was the need for a third wide receiver. Well, Jatavian Sanders effectively was your third wide receiver and your two running backs were so good catching the football. Uh, it really benefited you more. You almost were in a position if you're sorry, Hey, I'm going to double down on the advantage I've got in the run game and just put an extra blocker on the field, whether that's Andre Carrick in and that, that, uh, six, package or or Gunnar Helm running traditional 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field. They just doubled down on that advantage. And, you know, I think that's another reason why you saw Stark take as many shots as he did because naturally with as good as Texas was running the football with the proven commodities in the backfield and bringing an extra tight end onto the field or an extra offensive lineman, however you want to roll with it, it's naturally going to force defenses to get out of that too high shell look. You're seeing more one-high looks with with some form of, of man coverage on the outside. Now you can go hard play action and really take the shots down the field. I don't think you have that luxury this year, at least to start out, so I think you'll be in more 11 personnel, and, and the, the the deal last year was, what benefited you more, having a third wide receiver on the field or that extra tight end? Well, clearly it was the extra tight end. I think now, instead of it being, you know, Casey Kane or, or somebody else that was improving, now you have that third option. It's A.D. Mitchell or it's Isaiah Bayer or it's Jordan Whittington. That third wide receiver option, to me, is now much more, John T. Cook, DeAndre Moore, whoever it is, it's much more palatable now to have that third wide receiver option than it is at other tight end. I also think some form of two-back personnel, probably 21 personnel, because of the flexibility that you've given yourself with what you got out of Keelan Robinson in the past game last year and the fact that now you've been able to cross-train Savion Red at wide receiver and running back, I think you've given yourself some flexibility there. And then I think 10 personnel, if you just count Tatavion Sanders as a wide receiver and just flex him out, put him in a slot, you can put him out wide, you can do some different things, so, basically, you can have, you know, 11 personnel, and whether you're going on a three-by-one or doubles or whatever, you can present it like traditional 10 personnel, even though one of those four wide uh, is your tightest. I, I would start, they with probably those three or, or, or four, you know, 20 or 21 personnel, however you want to look at it. I think it's got to be 21, like I said, to keep Sanders on the field. But I think as a base package, my gut tells me you see more 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end. Uh, then you saw what what when they had uh, when they were predominantly a twelve personnel offense last year. Hmm.
0: Talking with Jeff Howe, horns 247com four seven dot com. Check out all the great stuff they've got for you. We're nine days away from the spring game. Also at Jeff Howe two four seven if you want to follow on. Twitter. Jeff, obviously you know there's been a lot of talk about line of scrimmage as we've gone through the spring, which is great. Every fan base can talk about their defensive line facing their offensive line and what it ultimately means. Good, bad, whatever. Um, As the Longhorns head towards the SEC, they hope it is iron sharpening iron. Talk to me about what you're hearing on the offensive line side of things. I keep hearing a lot about the defensive line and I'm hoping for Texas fans that's not one of those situations of, of course they look good. They're facing our offensive line. What are you hearing on that O line?
1: I think it's kind of, I think if you just talk line of scrimmage, period, it's kind of a, I don't want to say tail of two sides of the ball, but here's the kind of the, the yin and yang on both sides. I think when you look at the offensive line, it's the interior of that offensive line, you know, with, with DJ Campbell now getting some run at guard, and Cam Williams has worked at guard. You know, one of the best, if not the best interior defensive line that you're going to see all year is going to be the defensive line that you're going against this spring and the one you're going to scrimmage against in the fall until you know it starts getting time to prep and get ready for a ball game. Uh, you know, for Texas to be legitimately four deep uh, at, at defensive tackle again, even, I mean, it's hard to think. Like, there are some years where you lose guys like, Keandre Coburn and Moro Jomo, and think, man, that's going to be really hard to replace those guys. And, and now Texas is going into a situation where, okay, not only do you feel really good about Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy stepping up as your front line guys, but you know Alfred Collins and Running Broughton are your twos. That's a really salty number two group uh, that that Texas interior line is going to get better working against with Jake Majors at center and uh, Hayden Connor at left guard. And, and, and you know, I think just to continue to build the rapport those guys built last year you work Campbell into that mix, uh, and it's going to benefit those guys. I think the flip side is true for the Texas edge guys going against the tackles. I mean, I've heard it's been really, really tough to get anything going against Kelvin Banks and Christian Jones, uh, and it should be that way. Texas might have the best pair of bookend tackles in the conference, uh, and you've got some talent at at edge, but other than Baron Sorrell, it's unproven. I mean, Justice Finkley, Jamon Tatt, Colton Vosick, Ethan Burke, whoever you're talking about, You've got guys that have played, other than really Finkley, have played little to none at this level. So I think it's just kind of a tale of two deals. When you look at the interior, and obviously slants towards the defensive line. But that should make your interior line better. You kick out the tackle. Obviously it favors the offensive line. But, again, that should make your edge guys better because, you know, if I'm if I'm Ethan Burke, for instance, and I'm going against Kelvin Banks in scrimmage situations, uh, I'm probably not going to face a better tackle uh, all year, than the one I'm seeing right now, and if I do, it's probably you know a very rare occasion or maybe like a, a, a bowl game or if you can get there, a, a CFP semifinal or something like that when, whenever you might see legitimately a better guy than, than the one you're seeing in practice right now.
2: Jeff, we know this is one of the best freshman classes in the nation, and right now it's just about learning what Steve Sarkeesian and the coaching staff are asking of you as a college athlete and just getting out of, you know, what you were used to as a high school player. He talked about guys being uncomfortable and stuff like that, but, you know, with the freshmen, we always hear about Jontae Cook and C.J. Baxter. I heard Quan Cosby on B E this morning saying he walked by Anthony Hill, and he couldn't believe that he was a freshman, and I obviously, Arch Manning, who is sticking out in these few scrimmages leading up to the spring game, and is there any freshmen that haven't been on campus yet that could come in during the summer and you could see contributing once fall comes around?
1: Yeah, uh, DeAndre Moore, his name, a wide receiver, continues to get mentioned quite a bit. Um, I think on defense, Malik Muhammad's name seems to be coming up a lot more at corner. Uh, You know, I've said this before, but I think it bears repeating, And when fans go out to the spring game next week, you really see what Terry Joseph and P.K. and Sark, what they want at corner. Because with Malik Muhammad, uh, you know, obviously with Ryan Watts, getting him him, him in from Ohio State last year, with Austin Jordan, uh, even Gavin Holmes, you're seeing a lot more length uh, and a lot more physicality at corner. And and Manny Muhammad definitely fits that mold of the the kind of corner Texas is recruiting. Now, I said this last week on Light the Towers, they – you know, if, this, if this staff, if Deshaun Jamison was in the, the 2022 or 2023 recruiting cycle, if this staff recruited Deshaun Jamison, I don't think it would be a corner. I think they'd be looking at him at, at maybe safety or, or nickel or, or maybe even looking at him on offense. I just think he doesn't fit the body type of the corner that this staff wants. I mean, Terrence Brooks really is more the body type that they want. But Manny Muhammad's going to give himself a chance to play. Uh, you know, the one guy that I'm, I'm excited about, and, and it's really weird when you think about it, With the the way that safety depth is looking right now with Keaton Crawford, his emergence, Uh, and then you're going to get Jalen Catalan back at some point. But man, Derek Williams, I don't know if he's just a core special teams guy for you or you find a way to to get him involved. But I think he's going to be one of those guys that once he gets here during the summer and then gets the pads on in August, I just have a feeling like it's going to be really, really hard for them to keep him off the field. Like I said, even if it's just, you know, you've got to get him on multiple special teams just so you can feel his impact uh he's a guy that that i, I think a lot of people i don't, don't think i know a lot of people in the building right now are really really chomping at the bit for him to get to campus
0: talking with jeff howe horns 24 jeff anything else you're focused on as we're here nine days we're in the single digits now away from the spring game uh stuff that coming from sark you were over there you mentioned for players today anything else jumping out to you about this football team
1: I think Quinn's confidence, you know, we talked about that on Light the Tower this morning, and, you know, we talked about that pretty extensively. Kind of by accident, we didn't plan to, but basically turned the Longhorn Blitz this weekend into kind of the, the evolution of Quinn Ewers mm-hmm. episode. Um, you know, I, he's talked about it. Uh, Jade Barron talked about it this morning. We've had different team sources tell us about it. You know, but, you know, he lost some confidence last year when he was going through those struggles, and he really found it. I, I think for him and he hasn't said it like this, but you can kind of read the tea leaves and put the pieces together. I think for him last year, that whole regular season was, when you compound that with the injury he dealt with and missing those games, I think it was just uh, 12 games of drinking out of a fire hose, and then once you got through the Baylor game and started getting into bowl prep where you could finally sit down and take a deep breath, I think he just got a chance to really process a lot and then was able to take it to the field in bowl practices. And again, you know, I thought you saw a lot of growth from him in the bowl game, and that kind of carried into to winter conditioning and it's playing out in spring practice i mean if if you can get through scrimmages and the the best thing you can say about your your starting quarterback is well i mean maybe he didn't make any flashy plays this time, but he's not making any mistakes that that's some of progress, and that's some of good progress, so I just think you know this trajectory with quinn is is fascinating to me because again, we talk about the fact that, well, yeah, he didn't play in 2021 because he skipped his senior year of high school that was in Ohio State. But you look at the year before that, like coming off of his sophomore year at Southlake, you know, you had the COVID stoppage, which, you know, that's going to mess with anybody's development, especially that position where it's gotta, you've got to be hands-on with it every day. So that messed with it. And then you get into his junior year, and, you know, he has a sports hernia injury. So pretty much he was out of commission from like Halloween until right before Christmas. And I think when you look at him kind of throw pre-surgery as opposed to post-surgery, I think, and you know, anytime you're dealing with a sports tournament issue, you're talking about hip torque and getting your core and things like that. I think that's where you could maybe trace back some of the bad fundamentals and technique where that stuff really got exacerbated because he's got the kind of arm to where, it's going to allow you to compensate. If you can't get your core or your hips into the throw, man, you can throw flat footed or off your back foot. And at that high school level, you can make a lot of throws that 99.9% of the other quarterbacks in the country just can't make. So I think that's where some of that stuff might've started. So I think this spring, it's really about breaking some of those habits. And when we talk about his footwork being sloppy, the mechanics not being there, this is the time where you can really hone in on that stuff and work on it. Uh, and if you have a quick study in that regard, then maybe you'll see a different Quinn when, when we get to the spring game, just in terms of just how it looks uh, from snap to throw uh, of his footwork, of his mechanics, of his ability to process. Because it's that chicken-egg thing, Chad. Like, I don't know if if the bad footwork was hindering his ability to process or an inability to process quickly was leading to the bad footwork and mechanics. Like, I, they're tied in somehow. I just – I don't pretend to know enough to know how all that works for quarterbacks. But long story short, just Quinn's development, his trajectory, what it looks like even in this setting. I think you can glean something significant from Quinn in the spring game. Hmm.
2: Jeff, Chad and I got our music survey today. We know you're a huge hip-hop head. UGK, was that big for you growing up?
1: This should be the high, what What's the highest score you've given an album, Chad?
0: Uh so far I think I've gone to like a Jizza's
2: liquid swords was like nine point something.
0: I think I went up to like a nine three, nine four with somebody. Ooh,
2: man.
1: I think that was Jizza Liquid Swords. Okay. If, yeah. If this isn't at least, if this isn't at least a nine five, I'll I'll be very disappointed. Okay. <laughs> this All could right. be at least a nine five for you. See, but Zay yeah. is a very tough
0: grader. I don't know that Zay would ever give anything a nine five.
1: Would you give well, this a nine five? I'm just eight? going off of what what your what your curve is. You, I I feel like if you've liked the other albums that much, yeah. you should be giving this one at least a nine five. Okay. Fair yeah, well Liquid Swords
2: ain't that high to me.
0: Yeah, that's true. No, Zay's a very tough grader. So, I've been having to grade stuff down. I'll say my grade, and Zay will be like, nah, it's not that good. <laughs> I
2: mean, that's your it's ears, that, man. It's not that
0: good. you got to take it down. you got to take that down I a little don't bit. I do say that. It's what is, his what
2: is, ears.
1: What did, Zay, what did Zay have this week? What Zay, Zay, what did you have this week? Chris Stapleton, Traveler. Okay. Any, anything anything about Chris Stapleton is good. Hey, what, did, what grade did you get back in black, by the way, Zay?
0: Uh, what was back in black for you? Did you grade that one out for us?
2: eight. Something.
0: You gave it a good solid B. Yeah. Okay. hey something. All right. He went solid B, Jeff. I'd go higher than that, but Jay's J- J- tough.
1: I would. I would go. they uh, is. A, Zay might be the. the we might have discovered. Zay might be the biggest music snob in the building after all. <laughs> yes. Um. But you know, I, I'll tell you what. You know, you, you, I, I love my hip hop hours, but you, you you go through back and black even now doing it digitally, like your Apple Music. Um. Go start that album, and if those first bell tones of Hell's Bells doesn't make the hair on the back of your neck stand up, then I don't know. I don't know if you have a soul.
0: Yeah, I'm with you there. It still it does it's still good. does still stand up. And I gotta say, I did not hear "Riding Dirty" in '96. I'm still pretty damn good in 2023. Like that's how you know a great album is a great album. It still holds up. And uh, I think both the albums we're going to have uh, today hold up very, very well. And Jeff Howe is one of the few people that can tell you about both of them. Jeff Howe, horns247.com, at Jeff Howe 247 on Twitter. If you haven't uh, checked out the Longhorn Blitz podcast this week, go get it wherever you get your podcast. You hear Jeff talking about uh, their discussion of Quinn Ewers, you can hear it in its entirety. Jeff, we appreciate it, brother. Stay dry out there, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
1: You know, Craig and I might rip off the album swap bit this summer just because I want to find out where the hell that would go. If Craig and I did album swap,
0: dude, I would love to hear like you break down a Steely Dan record and Craig has to give you like his thoughts on Blueprint from Jay Z. Oh man, there you go, yeah, something like that. I'm I'm in.
1: That's good. That's good stuff. You know what? Zay and I'll have a meeting.
0: (laughs) We'll have a meeting. We'll sign it. We'll sign off on that. We'll let you have it. No problem.
1: Sounds, sounds good, fellas.
0: Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks, that is Jeff. Good stuff. Jeff Howe, Horns247.com. We're nine days away from the spring game. 21 days. We're exactly three weeks away from the NFL draft. Obviously, Longhorn fans focused in on that first round for Bijan, and then those other names, those other four big names that will most likely get drafted. Roshan Johnson, obviously, on the offensive side, uh, and then the defensive players that went to the Combine as well. Alright, coming up, we'll get you a Flex segment. Tell you about that Wednesday night Flex show. If you missed Also, it is National Student-Athlete Day. So we'll talk a little bit of that in the flex. Plus, some updates from college and pro football. That Bama story, if you missed it. Plus, an NFL wide-receiving badass sets his own timeline. This is The Horn.
2: Chad and Zay.
0: This feels like a song you'd play on a rainy day. It's got kind of a rainy, cloudy feel to it. Oh, keep listening. Sounds like it's designed to be, you know, indoor activities.
2: Exactly.
0: Kind of a song. Yeah. I'm not familiar with it though. What we got, Zay?
2: It's a serious voice. Loosens! You can't stop the rain. Oh, there it you is. Can't stop too
0: far. Wow, oh! Zay is off. On, he's off on a rain run, ladies and gentlemen. We had this is much better than Millie Vanilli, by the way. Yeah, oh, much better. This is it right here. Absolutely, a lot of us were conceived of this. <laughs> that is fantastic. All right, uh, thank you to uh, to Loose Ends for for that get you in the mood on a Thursday, a rainy Thursday. And uh, if you are inside today and that's all you can find to do and then, you know, 9 months from now, don't blame us and don't blame Loose Ends. That's on you. That's, that's on, on you, yeah. Loose yeah. Ends. Good wrapped up. Come on, Loose Ends, Millie Vanilli, Madonna, they have all been on the show today. We'll get into the album swap discussion at 2:05. Got a couple stories from football to get to, but let's get you a flex segment including the flex weather delays. Here we go. All right, so uh, bottom line, not only Longhorn baseball getting affected, but obviously high school sports and high school baseball and softball going to be affected too. Uh, if you haven't heard, Longhorns won't play today. They're going to reschedule for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. As soon as we know times, we will let you know, but they'll go tomorrow, Saturday, and yes, they will play now on Easter Sunday. So if you're a Longhorn baseball freak, you might need to adjust your uh, your plans there on Easter Sunday all right so high school wise though I see that the Flex retweeted Hayes High School giving game updates baseball they're gonna reschedule for tomorrow uh, softball is traveling to Glen. And it looks like they're still going to try to play that game at 5 o'clock. So if you, uh, if your high school, if your high school spring teams are changing schedules, get it out there on Twitter and tag FLXATX so Flex can get it out there to everybody. FLXATX on your social media there uh, because we know a lot of things are going to be changing. So uh, for Hayes, baseball moving to Friday and softball still going to try to get it done Today. Uh, so, we got those updates for you. If you missed Wednesday night flex last night, the fellas talked to Buta Johnson boys basketball coach Ben Kinnison, uh, Round Rock football coach Cody Moore was on, also, Corey Mose from K View joined them to talk some high school sports. Okay, uh, last night.
2: Corey does a great that? job at K View. He
0: does really good work. Well, and he
2: got to let me know where he's getting suits from. I know Corey probably underweighs me by 100 or so, but still, he got nice attire. My suits, I like it. You want to find out?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll find out for it. Maybe the guys will know. Maybe the Flex guys know. Maybe yeah, the Flex guys vass, can ask for
1: him.
2: Nolan and Lucero. Yeah. and Cam.
0: What's uh, they, they got a little video up on Flex ATX of uh, of them sitting in studio last night. Plus, we just want to give a big general shout out today to all the student athletes out there. Today is National Student Athlete Day. It's kind of what the whole Flex segment is about, and the Flex website, and the Flex you know social media, and everything. We're trying to tell you the stories of all these kids in the area, different sports, trying to get, you know, obviously get through high school and and be great athletes that way and great students, but then moving on to the college level as well. And we get a lot of great stories, Zay, eh, of these uh, these kids moving on to, you know, big-time D1 colleges, could be headed to G5s, could be headed to military academies, could be headed to two-year schools, all those different stories. We try to tell them all, and uh, it's just it's incredible stuff. And they need to be shouted out for all the hard work they do. Because if you're a true student athlete, that is two full-time jobs all at once.
2: Yeah, I heard David Pierce this morning talk about their – trip in Stillwater and how tough it was playing on Sunday and then getting back late Monday morning and the guys having to go to class. and I just couldn't imagine that. I remember being at Paris Junior College that one year. That took everything out of me. Trying to play basketball and then take over 12 hours of classes. That is rough. So salute to everybody doing it. I'm glad we get to celebrate the guys and girls on this station that go move on to play college sports because we know it's a very small percentage and you work really hard to get there but there's some luck that goes into it there are a lot of people that wish they had that opportunity that a lot of these people do when they go off to these collegiate schools so yeah it's cool to praise them and show them the love that they deserve today
0: uh, also, we, we got a lot of different sports going on that get covered with flex. I see uh, our guy Chad O'Tutu from out at Weiss, uh, the talented D lineman. He uh, tweeted out placing second last week at the Weiss relays. So he's throwing out uh, the discus numbers and he was uh, he was second in the discus so got a lot of multi-talented athletes out there as well otutu is one of those names you need to know on the d-line he's class of 24 that weiss team adrian wilson on the offensive yeah, side catching weiss, the
2: ball weiss do some serious things this year they must be
0: pretty all good. this talent must be pretty good must be pretty good also the weightlifting videos are still out there i'm a sucker for them and this Hutto crew we're getting a lot of hippos lifting weights lately shout out to the hippos they're lifting those weights man Getting some good, it looks like we've got some uh got the it, the crowd there. Everybody's there watching them lift weights. Very cool. Oh, and and also, Zay, I saved this one for last because it's not like a breaking story or anything, but our man Blake Frazier, offensive lineman from Vandegrift. Yesterday he uh he tweeted out a picture of himself as a little boy with the Michigan helmet over his.
2: Oh leg. man, just just come in already. I really
0: thought it was a bit of a troll to you guys. Just
2: come in already, young I, buck. I, I, I'm not saying he's trolling
0: LSU or Clemson fans or whoever that it was. Clemson in Florida, those, those I think are the other two, other three teams in his top five. I do think anything he does like that, if I'm a Longhorn fan, I'm, I'm maybe I might not love it. But Blake, you need to do what's best for you need to do what's best for you. And I'm sure that's what his dad's told him over and over again. But his dad did play at Michigan at the time Tom Brady was there. So, yeah, they're, they're, it's kind of a Michigan I thing mean, in stuff that to, house.
2: It's tough to knock it. They beat Ohio State this year. If they d- had Blake Corrin, who knows that how that game versus TCU would have went. And them moving on to maybe the national championship. Because yeah. that dude, we talk about him, he was up for a Walker Award with B. John Robinson and that altered their whole season when he got hurt at the running back oh, position man. and they
0: had that game they had I mean, that
2: game yeah. so yeah. I can't knock it. They're a couple of steps ahead of Texas. It is what it is. That's good. They have Steve Sarkeesian and this roster looks coming into 2023, going five and seven and eight and five. Isn't what Michigan's been doing, beating Ohio State these last few years yep. and being in the Final Four, being close to the championship. I can't knock Blake at all.
0: It's fair. It's also a cute ass picture too. Little kid in a in a like a t like a Winnie the Pooh t shirt. Yeah, and he's got this Michigan helmet over his head and it's all scratched up from dad's days at the school. Like now, it's a great pick. What, now what
2: I will say. Blake, and you know this being an Austin night, Ann Arbor and Austin ain't nothing. That ain't even no comparison. Let's not even the, try that. And the weather and stuff, let's not even talk. Oh, let's I not see. even try that. That's
0: good. That's let's
2: good. Let's not. Come on now. You want to go That's... to the lake and stuff in October and swim? You can't do that up in Michigan uh, at all.
0: Longhorn fans worldwide making weather comparisons for Blake <laughs> Frazier. You know, Blake, you know, Blake, I don't know if you like kayaks. But I'm just saying.
2: You know, playing in front of the homies, going to 6th Street when you're the man now. Do you need a hike and bike trail? Have your parents considered how expensive it is to travel to Ann Arbor, Michigan?
0: That's the kind of arguments you bring That's what up. what I'm saying! <laughs> travel, weather, all those different things. Alright, we'll keep our eyes peeled for that. Blake Frazier does have his top five out there as of the last week. Uh, the talented lineman at Vandegrift. You definitely get one more season around here to watch Blake Frazier minimum, uh, and if you are a fan of that Vandegrift team, you can get out there and check out the Vipers yeah, this well, season.
2: him and Jacob Henry, now on that line. Yeah,
0: right? If Jacob Henry ends up as Maybe if he's a guard and Frazier's a tackle, be a hell of a side of an offensive line. Look out, twenty-five-six-a. Yeah, might be something to pay attention to. Obviously, vandergriff has got some guys to replace from last year, but it's going to be an interesting team. And this is uh, it's Miles Coleman's senior year. That's right. I kept thinking he was a senior all last year, but he was only a junior. He's back as well. Yeah, Got a lot of talent over, over there with the Vipers. Alright, coming up, we'll get where we, uh, where we At In Society with Zay, and then it is album swap time. I'm talking UGK's Riding Dirty, and Zay is talking Chris Stapleton's Traveler. We probably can't play any of the UGK album because we'd get fired, but we'll see what Zay wants to do there, and we'll see what Zay wants to do with Where We At. Coming right up. Also, uh, we will mention that pro and college story. There's an offensive lineman of Available that's transferring, going into the portal From Bama And Tyreek Hill has announced That at the end of his next contract He's done, that's it We'll get into those stories a little deeper next hour as well This is The Horn <music>
2: Hide and say, from my head to my feet, since I was a young and I've been living in the street, even moving, you don't want to get into it with me. I can get your whole family wiped out for less than a G. The OT stands for organized general. educated to to a criminal, make a rain, but
0: I ain't talking about money from the sky. I'm talking about everybody. Oh, my God, that's a great lyric. Did he just say I could have your whole family wiped out for less than a G? Yep, he said it. <laughs> oh, that's good. That is very, very good. All right, Zay, do I have any shot here? No. That's some good, that's not only good talent. Zero. Not only good talent to start with, but it sounds like very talented at a higher speed. Yeah, you too. have zero shot to get it. Oh, that's interesting. Is it zero? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Well done. Zero and Trey the Truth, Songs Called Rain. So is zero known for fast rapping? Yeah, You like can mix a, it up. Is that a separate category that like rap fans and hip-hop fans get into, the ones that can really go quick?
2: Uh, He can go quick, but then he can harmonize like this. Okay. And is that? Yeah.
0: That's a whole other level, those guys that can really get out. Guys, and I'm sure there are girls and women that can do it too, but wow, that's an incredible thing. So what's the song called? Rain. Rain, okay. Yeah. Oh, you're just really into it now. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. We're going to have to mix it up when Chris Stapleton and UGK come on. <laughs> but still, this hour... We went rain hard.
0: You started with the Madonna thing and then you really turned into that rain hard. <laughs> Millie Vanilli would blame it on the rain, loose ends with what was that when the rain falls every time it falls? Something? Yeah. Something like that, and then Zero. All right, Zero uh, coming right here. And then uh, in the album swap, we will get into some UGK and Chris Stapleton. Not many shows will talk about both, but we will. We will. Uh, We'll get into all of that. UGK's album came out in 96. Mr. Stapleton put Traveler out in 2015. We'll talk about both of those. Uh, Also got some football stuff out there. We will continue to get into that, but just the short versions. Alabama has an offensive lineman. I'm saying this just in case Steve Sarkeesian uh, is listening. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, if you're listening. I'm trying to get the region covered. Uh, Dave Aranda, if you're listening. Uh, Folks like that. Maybe, uh, I don't know if Dykes needs any help right now. Uh, Jaden Bradley leaving Alabama in the transfer portal. 6'3 guard from New York. He was, uh, he averaged 12 minutes over the final six games on the season he was a he was number 20 in the class and uh had you know was a um was a mcdonald oh wait a minute wait hold on on. stop 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 yeah stop stop. my bad my bad this is a basketball player okay i am am so sorry i just i just realized we're talking basketball here i am so so not that it's not a big story Sorry, Bama's really good at both right now, and I completely got confused. I was in a football state of mind. I'm so sorry. No, you're good, Coach Derry.
2: Get Coach Terry. Yes. Terry.
0: yes, Terry. Ju- Scott Drew. Re- 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 let me rearrange. We're not going to help Scott Drew. Coach Terry, uh Buzz Williams in a vest. Oh, yeah. um, the, yes, those <laughs> coaches in the region. Jaden Bradley, the guard, as in shooting guard uh, on a basketball team. Good grief. Six three guard. Good grief, Chad. Get it straight. All right. So That's I'll- an easy mistake. That was a basketball story there. Six three this- offensive guard. That sounds good, too. I know. You see, but if it was a guard in football, they would have put his weight in there. That's that's the stupid thing I wasn't paying attention to. Okay, now this one I know is football. Tyreek Hill going to retire when his contract is done. It says it runs out after the 25 season, and he told sports radio in Kansas City he's going to finish. He's going to go into the business world. Specifically, he wants to get into gaming. He's putting together gaming teams right now, and he's let the Kansas City fans know he's going to be their worst nightmare when they come to Arrowhead this year. So huh. good for you, Tyreek Hill, knowing when you want to get out. That's 10 years for him. He'll be like 31 years old. Okay. So good for him. That's how old you and I are now.
2: Tyre- I it. You know, it, it's just somebody like him losing the step is still faster than 85% of wide receivers in the league. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No. So it's like he could play for a really long time, but I get it. He sees what he sees. Like his own quarterback is dealing with concussion issues. I know that probably messed him up mentally and has <laughs> – probably a lot to do with this decision.
0: Dude, if he properly stretches and trains a little bit for it, every like five years until he's 90, we could I'd i I'd pay to watch him race somebody. Like he's that talented.
2: Oh, that little rig race that he was in recently where he smoked all those people, what was that?
0: We could get all kinds of we could get all kinds of stuff together, raise some money for good causes. We could have fast people racing Tyreek Hill until he's 60, 65
2: years old. Just finding random people. And I'd watch it. Yeah, one of my favorite shows is Atlanta by Donald Glover, Chano Scambino. Mm -hmm. And one of the episodes, he's like, they're leaving the club or something. And Mike Vick's just racing people in the parking lot. Really? For money. (laughs) And then Donald Glover's like, you know what? I'm feeling good right now. And this girl's like, you're about to race Mike Vick? And he's like, yeah. And he gets down and they don't show it and it just shows him in the car later. She's like, it's Mike Vick. Yeah. You really thought he could be? Mike beat Vick. Him? Yeah. So I could see oh, athletes dude. doing that. Just yeah. With a little extra coin. Tyreek Hill beat you and he's 54 years old? What just happened? <laughs> yeah, Tyreek beat you outside of Magic City at 54 years old? That's oh, not a good look.
0: Shout out to Tyreek Hill knowing when he when he wants to stop. But that means we still get three more seasons of Tyreek Hill as an NFL talent. And uh, those will be with the Dolphins. And then he's done. All right, let's go where are we at in society. See what Zay wants to get into.
2: Where are we at in society today?
0: All right, Zay, do I have something on my Twitter?
2: And is it NBA related? It is NBA related. It is on go. your Twitter. Come and on. It's audio that we can't play. So mm. this Isaiah Thomas Michael Jordan thing, it will never end. Oh, here we go. We know it will never end. It can't end. Why why would it? You know, people just keep asking <laughs> Isaiah Thomas about it and he won't shut up. Yeah. He was just on the Up and Smoke podcast with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson talking about how Mike needs to apologize. It's not on. Zeke has every right to be petty, basically. He was saying, I have every right to be petty. He went on his big-ass platform, The Last Dance, and called me an a-hole. I'm not with that. And remember, Zeke put Jordan on when Jordan got drafted by Chicago by giving his sisters and his cousins right. hang out with Mike and show him the roads. Because we know there's a lot of gang violence in Chicago, and if you don't know... Where certain neighborhoods are, or who are in certain neighborhoods, bad things could happen. So they were putting Jordan on game, and he Jordan, thinks he
0: helped lay that he lay thinks, the groundwork. Yes, he thinks, he,
2: yeah, lay yeah. the groundwork so Mike could have a successful career and lifestyle in chi Town. Well, Charles Oakley also went on the Up and Smoke podcast and had these things to say about the Michael Jordan Isaiah Thomas situation. Take okay. a listen.
0: All right. He still want be Mike. Mike do not want to be your friend, Isaiah. I'm telling you for the fifth time. He do not want to be your friend. Mm. You know, stay on ESPN. Keep talking on TNT. Oh, uh, Mike's just, you know, now you're trying to say everybody better than Mike. It's okay. you not better than Mike. <laughs> <laughs> your city took your city. That's why you're really mad. He took over Chicago. I know.
2: Tough. 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 You hear Steven Jackson dying laughing there. That's Stephen that's my favorite part Stephen Jackson oh. not being able to control himself because Charles Oakley which is pretty funny. Yeah, what do you, and what hysterical are you gonna,
0: right there. What are you what are you going to say back to Charles Oakley?
2: That's the thing, Chad. Isaiah Thomas went on Twitter and mm, said this. I'd
0: stay away, Isaiah.
2: He retweeted and said, "I remember kicking your ass a lot. Someone please check my record versus any team he played on. Sit down and be humble." <laughs> Hard Rock Sportsbook, their Twitter went and said Isaiah Thomas versus Charles Oakley in the postseason. Two and one in playoff series, ten and five in playoff games. So Zeke has the upper hand there. Okay. If I'm Charles Oakley, I don't I don't think he should comment on this. Because this is big boy superstar Hall of Fame talk here. Yeah. That has nothing to do with you. Now, Charles, you played with Mike briefly, but they traded your ass to New York for Bill ugly ass shot cartwright. <laughs> And yeah. won when they traded you. That's true. And beat y'all a lot when you were in New York to get those rings. And, Charles, you're not in Springfield at all. Not even close. You're actually getting kicked out of Madison Square Garden. That's how bad it is. That did happen. Patrick, you ain't getting kicked out of Madison Square Garden. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. John Starks ain't even getting kicked out of Madison Square Garden. But you did. So Patrick got kicked out of
0: Georgetown, but that was a different story. Yeah, that's a different story. That's where it's bad coaching, letting assistants
2: coach and stuff. Patrick, you deserved all of that. That was different. All of that. Yeah. But Charles Oakley, it's petty for Jordan and Zeke. Charles Oakley, I don't I don't think he should have said anything like this because he has no right to say anything. This is big boy, Hall of Fame superstar talk. You were a role player. That's why Zeke said stay in your lane, be humble. The only thing I can come up with
0: is, does any of this with lesser players get us any closer to Isaiah and Michael sitting down with Magic and having the special we all want and having that reality moment?
2: No, Charles just made it worse. (sighs) Okay, then he needs to shut up.
0: I agree with you then if you're right. If this gets us anywhere closer to those two actually talking in the same room, I'm all for it. But if it gets us further away and it distracts from it, then no, I don't want that. Because then you got... Yeah, Isaiah's going to bow up on him. It's not going to be focused on Mike. So if that's where we're headed, I don't yeah, – yeah, he needs to calm down.
2: Like going out and saying, Mike ain't trying to be a friend." You're speaking for Mike. Let Mike talk. Right. Like I don't think Charles Oakley and Michael Jordan are that close to where they he could go and speak for him and say, Mike don't want to be your friend. You mad because you hate Mike, this and that, which – a lot of that I think is true, uh-huh. I think there's a lot of bitterness and pettiness in Isaiah Thomas being from Chicago and Jordan playing for the Bulls and yes. doing what he did in the nineties with that organization, but yeah, he want, he
0: wants some respect because generally you know generally along the way, you get some situations where the guys that pass somebody the guys in that next generation that find you know beat a team or whatever they will give respect to the team that Laid the groundwork, yeah, but but Isaiah and he has not done that.
2: Yeah, and Isaiah is also salty because people give that ninety-one finals and championship that the Bulls won and sweeping the bad boy Pistons. People look at that more than the Pistons back-to-back championships in eighty-nine and ninety. They focus on that Eastern Conference finals. They, co- they focus on that more, finals yeah. and them and the Bulls beating them then the Bulls losing to the Pistons from eighty-eight to ninety. Nobody thinks about that. And Zeke's always like, what about this? Right. Like, my record versus Jordan's, great. He might have swept me that one time, and y'all definitely let me know about it. But, but we what did about, take him out. Yeah, we took times. him out yep. all those times. We had the rules, and we know Zeke feels a certain way about Jordan going to David Stern and talking about them, you know, adjusting the rules and stuff, and him thinking that the NBA did that because everybody loves Mike. Hell, they're making a uh, movie about the shoe. Right. Yep. Yep. We're guys who don't even look like folks. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how big Michael Jordan is. They got Matt Damon and playing Sonny Vaccaro Playing Sonny Vicaro and Ben, and ben Affleck Phil playing Phil Knight. Don't look nothing like him, but Michael Jordan's that huge that we have to have a story about it. hmm Do
0: they actually have anyone as Michael Jordan in that movie or are they staying away from no, it? No,
2: man, if if those dudes could play Phil Knight and Sonny, I could play Mike.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say who's who's let, been, let me play Mike who's been, around the same height, not really, but whatever. Who's been cast as Michael Jordan? Anthony Anderson? <laughs> you know, like if we're we're just going to guys that don't look
2: like anybody, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, give to Will Smith. Hell.
0: Idris Elba? Yeah.
2: Is that a who it young is? Mike too? Like 85, 84 Mike. So 23, 21 years old, fresh in the league. Michael B. Jordan just because of the name? <laughs>
0: the dude in it with him in creed that guy let's, yeah let's, let's get it and,
2: what, what are we doing and the movie almost didn't get made until jordan said yeah if viola davis ain't playing my mom then scratch it
0: is that right yeah he really reque- told ben. he
2: requested her Mm-hmm. oh uh, what a weird request uh, sorry mike we only got leslie jones we gotta deal with it yeah <laughs> <laughs> who's playing my dad did he even ask who was playing his
0: dad did he not care about that Nah. Like the mom
2: was the focus? Nah, because they're gonna have to show his dad hanging with the mobsters and stuff. It could get a little dark. That's not where they're <laughs> going. That is
0: not what's... Come on, that's not right. That is not right. And, <laughs> trying to
2: get Mike out of depth and stuff. You don't want that's dark. You don't want to get.
0: That. And the rumors that they got Robert De Niro to play his dad. That's not true either. <laughs> that's not true either. I've 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 gotten I've seen advanced. Uh, previews. It's not De Niro, I swear. Alright, coming up, the album swap discussion. I'll get you an update on that Masters leaderboard. Both Longhorns out there on the course. Uh, as of now, we'll get you the update on Speeth and Scheffler, uh, and then uh, we will get into that album swap discussion. Little UGK, a little Chris Stapleton coming up on the horn.